Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This talk's going to be about the negative modifiers in the game right now. I talked about it quite a bit in my Q&A sessions and wanted to do a video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now, Monday through Friday, when these hit the feeds, I am streaming. So say no to rage.com will take you right to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you're on YouTube, when you leave a comment, subscribe, hit the bell button. Those are all things that help me out. Thank you for all the support on YouTube recently. It's been very, very appreciated. So negative modifiers get a lot of, uh, they get a lot of guff from me, a lot of criticism. It's been something that I've been talking about for probably the last year or so off and on. Not a huge fan of what I feel is an overuse of negative modifiers. And this has really, really come to the forefront with Grandmaster Nightfall around the corner, kind of looming in a couple of weeks on the 21st. So the next reset's the 14th. So on the 21st, they're going to be putting in the Grandmaster Nightfalls. And you can see what exactly that's going to entail right now. You can click on Nightfall, the ordeal, and try to select Grandmaster. It says that it's going to open on April 21st. So you're not going uh, to be able to run it until then. And this drew a lot of criticism from me. And so I want to first talk about what happened. I feel like there was a pretty big shift in Bungie's approach to modifiers uh, recently, and I don't think it makes for great gameplay. I want to talk about the flattening effect. There is a flattening effect that comes from such an overabundance of negative modifiers and pain and power for the enemy. And then I want to end by putting forth the idea of a mixture. Mixture? What am I saying? Mixture. Uh, I don't pronounce it that way. I don't know why I did that. Mixture. Uh, so I want, to, I want to kind of put forth that suggestion. So first, what happened? Uh, my biggest question for Bungie, and I would love to see if they would give us some explanation of this, maybe in a TWAB, maybe, you know, just sort of give us their philosophy, is what happened to all the positive modifiers? I don't understand why they suddenly leaned away completely from that. In D1, there were some really, really good ones that we have grown to miss. You know, there was small arms, there was specialist, and in, even now, you go into this content, they take away your burn. There's no grenadier, there's no brawler, there's nothing for you at all. They take those away. It was most noticeable whenever you ran Sundial and then you went and ran Legend Sundial. They just took away your burn and your your perk. And I always cite the time that I was running Peregrine because it was Solar and Brawler. And uh, it, Peregrine Greaves was like extra strong. And it felt great against the champions and the majors. And then when we went into Legend, I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't like that. There was also Rainbow Burn. There were things in D1 that made you and the enemies equally strong. And now it's just sort of not like that at all. And I, I don't mind the fact that you're going to want to start adding pain to make a, a big difference between this and the standard playlists. But... It feels like a classic pendulum swing from Bungie. They have swung so hard in the direction of making content painful. I believe they have really, really over uh, overreacted here in an effort to make content challenging. If you really want a picture for how absurd this is, go look at the Nightfall Ordeal Grandmaster and run your little cursor over the prime modifiers. There are five modifiers wrapped in one. You guys have heard me kind of rant about this. It's almost like they know how silly it would look to see 12 negative modifiers all the way across. So they try and they try and cushion the visual stigma that would come from that by jamming five into one. Join in progress is disabled, which that'll be really fun with error codes. Extra champions, locked loadout, match game, extra shields. So they jam all that into one modifier to almost hide just how silly it would look to see 12 negative modifiers 
all lined up across. Also, when you go into the selection screen, there would be an entire other lane. Right now, there's two lanes of four. There would be a third lane of four negative modifiers all the way across there, sort of breaking the UI box. And it's almost like they they know that that would create, I think, a lot of stigma. If the 1060 is not a stigma, if you've really been grinding your butt off and you got your artifact high level to give you some cushion on the delta, I think they were worried about what the modifiers would look like. Now, why is this such a big deal? I know people are going to go for cliche, platitudinous, bumper sticker responses. It's supposed to be hard, Lono. It's supposed to be difficult. It's endgame content. Okay, well, when your nightfalls, starting at around 1,030 and on up, become more daunting and frustrating, slow and painful than raids and dungeons, I believe you've created a lopsided piece of content that has in it what I call the flattening effect. And I'm going to use... Division 1, when it landed, it's endgame, it did this in such stark terms that I think people are forgetting why stacking a power delta disadvantage as well as a bunch of negative modifiers isn't good content, okay? So in Division 1, when it first launched... And they got to the end game. You know, you, you you maxed your level out, you got really strong, and you went to the end game. You went to the challenging content. Okay, the challenges, I think they were called. There was like one build that everybody ran. Everybody was putting the little health things on the ground and hiding the entire time, slowly chiseling away at the enemy's health, and you couldn't move, okay? So everything you had done in Division up to that point, all of the abilities, all of the guns, all of the different things that you came up with, all the different loadouts got flattened down into like one or two loadouts, and that was it. Why? Because all you were doing was mitigating pain. That was the only thing you were doing. That was kind of your only chance of survival. And it was really unenjoyable. I believe, unfortunately, we have gone down a similar path with negative modifiers. They have created such an absurd amount of pain in this content that everybody sort of plays it the same way. You got bubbles, wells, and tethers. Everybody's kind of holding hands. Everybody's staying back. Everybody's hiding. Bungie themselves admitted that snipers see a higher form of use in this content because you want to stay back and stay safe. And I believe this is a bad thing for the game's sort of trajectory. You spend all this time leveling up the artifact, experimenting with armor 2.0, looking at war mine cell builds like the kind I did today, and all of that gets flattened out into, well, you're going to just want to run tanky, you know, survival uh, builds and loadouts for the end game, and I believe that that is one of the reasons that people really, really don't like this kind of content. Destiny is adding a lot of build diversity. Bungie has brought tons of build diversity to this game. It's one of the things that I have really been promoting recently. They've made good strides for you right now. If you think back just you know, nine months ago, right now you have way more control over your build diversity and can do so many cool things with your loadout. I completely changed my build you know, every couple of weeks and just this morning trying out that arc the arc-based Warmind cell generating build, it was really, really fun and made the game feel very, very different. However, they are squashing build diversity at the same time by saying, hey, now that you're really strong and you've experimented with all these new things, new guns, new builds, new power, come into the end game and stand in a well or a bubble and freaking hide because there's 12 negative modifiers and a power delta. I don't think this is the proper way that the game should feel as you level up 
as you become more powerful, it should be more of a mixture of they're powerful and so are we. We need to feel as powerful as the enemies that we're going up against. We need to feel as powerful as these builds promise. The builds sound powerful. They sound cool. They talk about we're supposed to become legend and it feels like a game of cheesy hide-and-go-seek tag when you play the endgame content right now. It is really, really unenjoyable. So my solution is a mixture, okay? Hide and tank is not, to me, an arrival point of power. Hiding and tanking feels like the opposite of powerful. Hiding and tanking feels like when you play a game like Borderlands or Diablo or maybe even Destiny and you're playing with your buddy who's way higher level than you and he's dragging you through content you have no business in. That is when you hide and tank, okay? That's when you go to for tanky heal builds or whatever. You're not really supposed to be in the content and that's the way this content tends to feel. I would say the motto and the goal they should go for is they are strong and so are we. If you want 12 modifiers, go for it. I would even put two lanes here. I would put a red lane and a blue lane. Six modifiers that help us and six modifiers that help the enemy. You could do all kind of things. You could have things like the unstable essence was brought up the other day. What if there was a modifier that had the enemies dropping stuff like that, where if you pick it up, it buffs you. All of a sudden, oppressive darkness becomes a modifier. If you kill the right enemies or kill them in the right way, they drop oppressive darkness buffs on the ground that you can pick up and throw or absorb yourself. Something to that effect. It needs to feel more like you are stepping onto the battlefield and you are really strong and so are they. Like two heavyweight champions getting in the boxing ring, going toe to toe, both have powerful haymakers and right crosses, and if used properly, you could feel pretty strong and pretty efficient, as opposed to a heavyweight against a lightweight, where the lightweight guy just runs around the ring the whole time, hiding and evading big hits. That's what the content feels like right now. We feel like the weaklings in the ring. We feel like the ones, the featherweights that can't keep up with the you know with the enemies and with their damage output currently it feels like instead of they are strong and so are we it feels like they are strong stay back heal and hide that to me just doesn't sound like number one you may say, think it's fun you may think it's cool I just don't think that sounds like destiny it doesn't sound like the arrival point of becoming legend and again it's flattening out all the build diversity and fun we can have they need to promote diversity and promote lean into the things that are happening that season lean into the things that are happening on the artifact so that you can experiment and say oh the warmind cells or this build or that build are actually really really strong right now when you couple them with the modifiers instead of just going for the tried and true sit in a well sit in a bubble just stay back and hide i don't think it makes for good content i'm worried grandmaster is going to go over pretty poorly because of this because folks are going to feel like number one the reward isn't that great and they're mainly going to do it for the triumph and then move on so i would really like to see a total shift in philosophy starting in september i don't expect anything in the near future starting in september for year four let's bring back the positive modifiers alongside the negative so it's a nice clash of power instead of so much hiding and tanking as always if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can catch me live right now at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is going to be the q a session that followed my talk about negative modifiers if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com and that is a great way to come in and join these conversations with us when we're having them uh if you're watching on youtube you can always hit like share subscribe and the little bell button those are also great ways to help me out let's go into the first question super savage was siva confirmed yet i know people 
people are suspicious and skeptically uh, that it's they're like yeah people are making that uh, you know prediction that Steve is like on the way back it seems like they're laying breadcrumbs like they've kind of done this before you know they'll they'll hint at something like that and then all of a sudden it's here you know they'll start dropping hints and they'll start dropping breadcrumbs they've certainly done things like this before um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Siva return I don't know when and how they would do this um, given that Rasputin has a history with it it could be leading there uh, I think people have incorrectly surmised that like the season pass count like little uh, towel has like Siva coming up the sides I don't think so I think the little red stuff on the season pass is the the stuff if you look at the like electric red fields around the Valkyrie it's basically that I don't I don't think it's fair to say that Siva Siva has a very very specific look it looks like it looks like red licorice that's like infecting like wires and stuff uh, when I look at this season pass down here at the bottom that to me is like the electrical stuff again that you see around the Valkyrie uh, I do not agree with that being called Siva so is it coming back probably are we getting hints you know periodically with the with the, the little ornaments and stuff in the Eververse yeah there was also the Siva ghost projection a while back uh, that showed up as well. Um, I think that was uh, was a, was a pretty clear indication that they were they were considering bringing it back. Why on earth would you make that a ghost projection? It hasn't been in the game. You know, it hasn't been in Destiny Two like at all. So. Fet44, after that bit of dialogue between Zavala and Rasputin in the IO bunker, do you think that we are going to get more darkness-focused DLC in September, or do you think that's still a ways off? Yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to read sometimes their story beat, you know, the way that they do story beats. It's, it's, sometimes it feels like, oh, that's definitely right around the corner, and that felt, it felt that way with, it's felt that way with Savathun for like a really long time. You feel like, man, Savathun just always getting mentioned. What, you know, what's the deal with Savathun? And then, you know, nothing really has come of Sabathun. And again, more hints were dropped in, in, in the most recent strike where, you know, Era said, Sabath, we will know her move when she finally makes it. I mean, she gets mentioned again in the strike where we go down and face that, like, cabal-taken guy. Um, and again, that's just another, hey, she's around, she's doing stuff. We don't really know what, you know, what in the frick's going on, but you know, she's clearly still in play and that I think is gonna I think come to fruition when we finally go back to the dreadnought when is that happening I thought it was gonna be this September you know I kind of thought that's gonna be when they finally decide to have her come back take over the dreadnought and have her be like the main antagonist but it seems like that may be further off now just because if they want that to be I feel like that's gonna be the grand crescendo of the of the uh, of the of the game's like format, I think that's going to be sort of the grand finale of the final year. Is next year the final year? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be looking at a. Are we going to be looking at a, a De- Destiny three in twenty twenty one? I've been predicting. I've been predicting twenty twenty two, but you know, I'm I'm not always right. I, I you know I've got decent. I've got decent. Uh, prediction lineups you know recently but that's a tough one I really don't know what their plan is I think a lot of it has to do with the new consoles that's why I don't think one year into the new consoles is exactly when they want to do it um, I think they would maybe want to wait a whole nother year um, 
just because just because they, I think they really want to make sure console saturation is at an all-time high. So there's absolutely no doubt that the Destiny community, you know, has moved over um, and has you know kind of migrated. Because in in when they did it with Rise of Iron and they left people behind, it had been a while, right? I think like two years when they finally pulled that trigger. I don't think it had been just one year. Outsanity. Do you think Bungie might be trying to work on these Grandmaster Nightfalls before the release so they don't just become just got to do them for the triumph and never get touched again? Yeah, I, I've consistently said I really think they're going to struggle with reception on them. I don't think they're going to do all that well. I think they're going to struggle uh, because they are going to just be so drenched in pain. Um, and, you know, we had some disagreement in between the video and this Q&A. Uh, we, you know, we had some disagreement and people were saying, you know, we don't want it to become too easy. You really got to build around it. You know, you really got to do different things if you really want to run the hard content. And I am not trying to make the nightfalls easier. I'm just trying to make them not be so one-sided. They're really, really stacked. They're really, really flattens out uh, build diversity. And I find that to be the biggest glaring problem that they just don't seem like the crescendo of, you know, all the build diversity they give us. And then you, you, you get to the end game and it's, you know, it's very, very, it feels very one dimensional. So, Kozin, are, are negative modifiers a response to armaments, endless ammo for power weapons in the strike? Man, I really don't think so. I, I just feel like this is something that has been happening for a while and I'm not going to side with the people that are like oh reskins are so lazy reskins are so lazy but Bungie has certainly mastered the art of taking existing content and slapping different coats of paint on it different enemies slapping different coats of paint on it and then that's supposed to be the new this or the new that you know and that is that's a common thing that they do I happen to think that scales pretty poorly into the hard content. It starts to feel very, very um, non... It just doesn't feel very creative. It feels very anti, anti-climactic, anti-creative. And I say that knowing that it's not really easy to reach down in the content and say, okay, well, for Grandmaster, we're going to add all these different mechanics. We're going to add all these different things to make the content feel vastly different than when you know when you increase the difficulty. They kind of punt, and they're like, we'll just keep stacking negative modifiers you know, to, 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 to an absurd level. And when you do that, you get people to either engage with it very, very slowly and methodically, like that's kind of what people do now, or you get people to just sort of avoid it altogether. And I feel like that's a sharp juxtaposition right now in the end game is you either you either have like the tiny tiny 1% that go for it or the people that just avoid it altogether. I have consistently sort of looked at challenging content in Destiny, pointed out the problems with it and been and been pretty on target with what needs to change. Extinguish in Destiny 1, I thought it was terrible, I was pretty critical of it and then they got rid of it and then we had the timer extinguish at the you know launch of vanilla destiny 2 criticized it said that people didn't like it and that it needed to go and then they got rid of it so i i don't know i i've got a i've got a decent track record when it comes to this kind of content and that doesn't mean that i'm right it just means that ultimately Bungie has to always ask the question, is this going to get engagement that's worthy of the time that we put into it? And I think they're going to continually find that when you just stack negatives 
on top of negatives, you're just going to see people sort of ignore the content and not really want to engage with it. They don't have a good track record of super painful content enduring and painful and punishing, right? Super painful and punishing content doesn't have a great track record. It usually ends up getting toned down, whether it was how they increased power level on the uh, the way they did the uh, escalation protocol. You know, they got a bunch of people to grow, you know, go to Bungie and they're like, this is too easy. You need to make it harder. And that when they did that, you ended up with a very, very, uh, you know, different execution of escalation protocol. And then they had to, they had to walk it back. Um, but you praise quarters of time, same thing. Absolutely not. That's got to be one of the most blatant false equivalencies anybody's ever tried to throw at me. Quarters of time had nothing to do with repetitive core activity, you know, aspirational content. It was a unique piece of content for people to try to puzzle solve. Um, I've never, I've, I would never say that the way they do the dungeons, whether it was the Whisper Dungeon or the. Uh, the Whisper Dungeon or the Outbreak Dungeon. I would never say that those were bad executions of content. Those are unique things that come to the game. When Bungie's trying to create aspirational lanes like Nightfalls with modifiers, I think that is a very, very different lane than Corridors of Time. Um, I didn't engage with it. It felt like a waste of resources. That's fine. I genuinely am never going to care when people are like, well, I didn't like it. People say the same thing about trials. People say the same thing about raids. That's not an indictment of doing raids, dungeons, or trials. Those are pieces of content have become synonymous with destiny. Stacking a bunch of negative modifiers is not the same as saying, well, this is a very, very elaborate puzzle. It's a, it's a community event. It's like a one-time thing. That's not the same at all. There, there, is, there are so many giant disparities between corridors of time and the way that Nightfalls currently feel, uh, especially considering the way that they built the Nightfalls. You end up feeling like all of the cool things that season don't really land in it. Corridors of Time wasn't designed to be like an endgame aspirational grind it was a community event so my you know the main point that i tried to put in my talk was that they add all this build diversity you know they do all these things in the content you know to to give you different ways to play and then the really really challenging crescendo is all that stuff gets flattened out so that i mean that's i think that's one of the main that's one of the main issues that i have with the content is that I can't, I, I, you really can't enjoy a lot of the cool things they've come up with aside from, I guess, swords. You know, people were saying, oh, swords are so good. Swords are so good. Lean on swords, lean on swords. It's great that swords are having their day in the sun, but I really just think that the the continued, the continued use, I got an exotic right away, but it was liar's handshake. Ah, oh, that sucks. It's a good liar's handshake too, sixty-three. Although for liar's handshake, they tanked the uh, they tanked the the strength on it. Everything else is strong. We're a thousand four chess piece. That's nice. Um. So I mean, to me, if we're gonna if we're gonna run if we're gonna run content repeatedly week to week, you know, and and continue to try to analyze uh, whether or not it's worth running, then I'm gonna always, 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 always say you know is it worth it quick draw snapshot spike velocity uh quick launch outrageous fortune i just got a god roll outrageous fortune that's really really nice quick draw snap with spike that's really snap that'll be fun although you don't really need quick draw snap on a grenade launcher it'll still be fun 
Lamb, what if they took out the modifiers and made it like a challenge mode to make it like a mini raid with the strikes who have new mechanics would revitalize the core activity. I, I touched on this just a moment ago. I think one of the issues with what you're saying is they don't really have the time to do that. You know what I mean? Like it, what you're saying sounds wonderful. I would love the content to feel like that. I would love for the content to go in that direction. I really, really would. However, I think they're sort of leaning on the low bandwidth solution and the low bandwidth solution is just throw a bunch of negative modifiers at them. You know? Um, that That's generally, that's generally why I think they're doing what they're doing. That's not me saying, oh, they're lazy, this is lazy. That's me sort of saying, this is what they can do right now, right? This is what they can do right now and this is where we are they, they don't have the ability to reach into every single strike, every single knife bomb like, oh, I've got an idea let's create unique rules, unique mechanics and unique encounters when I say that, that sounds great that sounds awesome, can you imagine running you know, an ordeal nightfall that all of the boss fights had new things in them that you kind of had to learn and figure out you know I feel like the standpoint of it's too limiting is only applicable to 1060s. They don't exist yet, and I fall under the impression 1060s are reserved for lunatics who want to bash their head into the wall to get a title. Because right now, you can run 1030s with pretty much any loadout. Well, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, Flame, but I still think that there needs to be a little bit more of a middle ground. I still think that stacking negative modifiers is just not the way. I just don't think that's the way. I think there's better approaches to the end game. Um, I, I do think 1030 is already a tall order. That's already a, you know a high power level, and because it's already a high power level, I don't think then you also need to take away all the positive modifiers. I think 1030 you could add like one or two positive modifiers, and then for 1060, I think it should be right down the middle, six and six. It should be really unique, really crazy content. They should be super strong, but like so should we. It should be like this crazy clash of of heavyweights like just two big big huge boxers stepping in the ring just constant just insane power I think would make it really more exciting and more unique um Sacklops I feel like the negative reaction toward negative modifiers is unfair until we play the content with the Warmind Cell builds being extremely strong using them in 1060 content might even things out do you think Bungie is shifting to our builds being the positive modifier well, my only problem with that is is that you're you are still putting us in a situation where the passivity is the strong play. You know, sitting back and sniping, sitting in wells, sitting in bubbles is still, you know, sitting in rifts as we're doing right now. That's still going to be it's it's a lot of it's a playstyle thing. Just because I can throw some grenades and make some war mine cells doesn't suddenly mean the content doesn't really still pigeonhole you into one one style of approach to go into the content. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that you can't make us feel the threat of the enemy and then maybe we can mitigate some of that with the war mine cells. I, that, that certainly is probably going to be an approach that people take. But what did I do when I came in here? I was going to come in here with my Titan. I decided to switch to the Hunter because I wanted to get the... Uh, I want to try and get a worm husk. But when I was going to come up with my Titan, I took off my arc build and I was going to put on Titan Bubble. Why? Because if things start to get crazy, I can Titan Bubble. And I'm only doing a thousand just so I can kind of like shut my brain off and do Q&A. So like, uh, I, I don't necessarily think that you can say that 
it's 12 negative modifiers are going to be mitigated by war mine cells war mine cells do one thing drop on the ground explode suppress and do good damage that's pretty much it i mean you're, i don't know if they're going to suddenly change the flow of all of the negative modifiers which generally make people just kind of sit back stew delicious Lono, do the difficulty. Do you think that they should make the Grandmaster Nightfalls award unique loot like how raids would do unique loot? I actually thought they were going to do this. My initial prediction about Grandmaster was that every season there would be new Grandmaster loot. It would be its own, it would be its own thing. There would not be um there would not be just like a, a currency grind. I thought, oh yeah, every season they're gonna be like, yep, here's the new Grandmaster loot. And then that would be kind of what you would go for. You'd be like, yep, let's check out what the new loot is. A new a Grandmaster armor set and some Grandmaster guns. I thought that they were going to do that. I thought it was going to almost be like Trials. I thought Trials is going to have its legendary, you know, its, its adept stuff. And then Grandmaster was going to have its own, like, pool every season that would get updated. And then that would sort of be how they would get you to go in. Um, now they may do that in the future they may in the future say yeah we're bringing adept weapons to trials and we really really want to lean into the idea that grandmaster should have its own loot pool ghetto to get into range uh, of a survivable character when you need to be plus 30 plus 40 on the artifact this equates to an increase in two levels per day and only one by the bounties roughly 3 million XP per day do you feel Bungie has or should have a backup plan for 98% that don't get that close well we need to be careful here even though I'm criticizing negative modifiers that doesn't mean that I think they need to be creating this content for the bulk of the community this uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls are uh, should be designed for the top ten percent. They should be designed for raiders. You go into the two percent, and I think you got a problem. One top one and two percent. It's like why even freaking bother? Now Bungie might push back and say, no, that's what we think should happen. We think that Grandmaster should even be at the tip of the absolute pyramid. Like it should be even higher at the at the tippity top, even compared to raiders it should be a smaller group of people maybe that's their goal i don't know if it's only two percent of the community they might be satisfied with that they might not they might be like no we really envision this being a top 10 percent thing it should be more like raids it should be more like a you know um um it should be more like a raid where you know the top 10 percent engaged with it every week and then then they're kind of continuing to grind it week in week out and then you have people that just never touch it. I, you know, again, it, it all comes down to Bungie's, uh, you know, Bungie's intentions, which they haven't really outlined yet. They haven't really said this is what we envision sort of being the case for uh, for Grandmasters. They haven't really said. They haven't really commented on it. So, I don't know. Aaron Kill. I think Bungie is heavy-handed on negative modifiers to counter power creep. And brute force options. Modifiers are the only acceptable or more acceptable than nerfs. Are our guardians inherently overpowered for a game initially designed for double primaries? I'm not going to pretend that's not a factor. I actually think it is a factor. I think double primary and a lot of the engagements and a lot of the things and, and what we can do now, I do think a lot of that does create like we're super super strong. You know, you just Izanagi's in Divinity, all the champions, and that creates Maybe in their mind, that creates a problem. And they don't want people doing that. They don't want people just sort of like steamrolling the content. And so that's how they do it. Now, my hope would be, 
my hope would be that as time progresses they would slowly say we don't need to rely on so many negative modifiers because we're sunsetting weapons we can rely more on I don't know I don't even really know what they would do again I feel like the way they've set this up did we is it glitched I feel like the way they've set this up they're they're in a position to only do so much so they're just kind of leaning on the negative the negative modifiers because like that's what they can do um it seems like it's glitched I don't know we're not nothing it says growth destroyed um I'm assuming we're supposed to, if we were supposed to get a worm from those guys I don't know you have to swipe to fix the glitch okay cool so maybe in the interim you're right Aaron Kill maybe that's what they're doing they're literally just trying to like push back on how strong we are and maybe in the future it'll become more nuanced and they'll they'll be able to get more creative because they won't feel the threat you know if a worm disappears you have to start the nightfall all over we have to start from the very beginning or we have to just wipe if a worm disappears are you, are you telling me we literally have to do the entire nightfall no look just reset these guys should still drop them right that might have been my fault I was I didn't know was I might have killed a knight and left the worm and didn't know I was just running I was just running kind of mindlessly through the content I didn't know that was even a thing again I'm, I'm not familiar with this uh, with this with this nightfall I don't run I don't run this one very much Mm-mm. next question from Shrek. Uh really sorry this is off topic what's your opinion on the state of titans and their lack of utility in subclass trees and less overbuffed exotics to compensate um I, I don't know if this is what I would consider to be an accurate assessment this doesn't feel like this doesn't feel accurate I feel like Titans actually have a lot of utility right now with barricades. They got a whole new uh, exotic makes their barricades even stronger. Um, I don't know. We've had some subs. Fett gifted us up to Kickhole for three months. Schnozberry's got gifted us up from Zach. Rodriguez with nine months. A brand new sub from Jim R. And then 19 months from 30. Thank you very, very much. Um, I don't know. I maybe this maybe feels like a bit of an overstatement. I don't know if 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 I'm gonna back this and say yeah, you know, Titans are in a really bad place right now. Because um, whenever I look at the way Titans play the game, I I, I saw a lot of barricades uh, over the weekend. I saw a lot of people running barricade in. Um, I saw a lot of people running barricade in trials. And I saw a lot of people running the new one. I also know that Antius Wards feels genuinely kind of broken. Um, I think Antius Wards is just... It's like that Juggernaut Shield from D1. You just They basically just push forward, slide, and they're practically invincible. Um, is what it kind of feels like. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Antius Ward and the... You know, the new one that lets you shoot through a barricade. I feel like Titans are in a decent spot. Um, I feel like they're in a pretty good spot. I don't feel like they're they're a, they're a huge problem right now. Gilded Ages with the next question. Lono, what do you think Bungie's logic was behind removing positive modifiers? Aside from the singes, you can't get even slot 
positive modifiers into the Nightfall sword card. That's where I really don't... That's why I started my, my video with what happened. I really don't understand what happened. Why did they suddenly do this? Why did they go back so hard on positive modifiers? Like, we, we can't even do it for fun on when you're doing, like, a Nightfall grind. Like, let's say, you know, there's the three Nightfalls, right? And let's say the one pops up and you want to grind for Warden of Nothing. Um, I You know why'd they take that away i actually kind of like that you could really stack it up in your favor and and i mean you could just blitz nightfalls back then and it felt really really good um so like i i don't really understand why they did that why they went so hard away from positive modifiers uh sorry i have to refresh my browser and acted like i was offline again um I don't know. I, I know people might have been using like nightfalls to farm bounties and stuff, but like I like is that does did that really need micromanage? Was that really a giant problem? You know, was that something that they needed to address like right away? I don't know. It, that didn't seem like that doesn't seem like a good enough reason. I would hope that they have plans, you know, for this so that no, we yeah, we took them off because we're wanting to we're wanting uh oh, did we get the glitch? Um, are you guys killing yourselves because of the glitch? Is that what's going on? Oh yeah, sorry. We, I'm not talking about Twitch getting the glitch. I'm talking about the in the game. We've been having this issue with this nightfall, like the worms disappear, so you have to wipe. So they, it could be one of two things. They could have like a long term plan, right? They could have a long term plan to say, hey. We're we're doing this thing where where we're going to uh, we're going to be changing positive modifiers in the future. So we have to we have to we have to take away the ability for you to do it on a nightfall card. We have to take away the ability for you to uh, you know even have them in regular nightfalls. And in that in that regard, I think that that could be a possibility. There could be some sort of a you know long-term plan here where they're like yeah this is what we're doing we can't really talk about it just yet and you know we are we are attempting um to to make changes now but again if if that's what they're doing then i would just talk to us about it like and maybe it's one of those things where they can't talk to us about it because uh, they they haven't fully tested it because sometimes they were like with the world line zero thing when they changed that people are like well why didn't they tell us further in advance it's like well they may not have even known they were going to do it for a while they may have been experimenting and trying different things and then they finally landed on a solution and they didn't want to like say something that wasn't true or like or uh you know, maybe they didn't want to say something that would like get our hopes up and then it ends up not happening or maybe it ends up being completely different. So maybe right now they they don't want to do anything or talk about it because they don't they still don't know what they're going to do with positive modifiers. It also seems like they really are just relying on negative modifiers. They could be experimenting. How many negative modifiers can we throw at the community? How many negative modifiers could we conceivably use um on one on one particular activity before it gets absurd you know um it could be again i feel like there's a lot of experimentation going on right now i feel like there's a lot of uh 
you know, there's a lot of things that they're testing and trying out. I, you know, I said that about the, uh, the artifact, the artifact seems to be a lot of experimentation, almost like it's almost like a form of, um, crucible abs for PVE. And they could be doing similar things with the negative modifiers. Like, why on earth would you suddenly stack so many negative modifiers? Why? Well, maybe they're experimenting. Um, You know, maybe they're trying different things to see if they want to do it again, you know, do it again in the future. Maybe they want to see how, how high can we take the negative modifiers and then can we add positive modifiers to mitigate from the other side? I don't know. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where I Chevy said something similar on Twitter and I've been saying that I feel like this year is a bridge this year was to kind of get them out of the transitional phase from not working with Activision anymore and I feel like they're using this time to do a lot of experimentation a lot of testing um, and because they're doing a lot of experimenting and testing there might be things that don't make sense initially it's like well man why on earth would you do that with Grandmaster Nightfalls well, maybe again, maybe they have some plans. Maybe they're maybe they're doing something with Grandmasters in the future. Maybe again, that why suddenly throw Grandmasters in now? I, I feel like Grandmasters weren't even initially part of the plan this season. They just kind of threw them in. Um, but again, Bungie, a lot of times Bungie lays groundwork, you know, and you know. Bungie lays a lot of groundwork and then they do things later. That that happens a lot. It's not unusual for them to say, you know, we're going to we're going to do this now and then it'll make sense later. So for those of you that were having trouble watching the stream, something happened with Twitch. I had to I had to shut down and switch servers. Uh, they were having all kind of issues. Um, and so we are uh, we are back up and running. I had to switch off the Chicago server. It seemed like the Chicago one just kept going down. Um, there are other people that didn't seem to lose any viewers or any have any problems so it might have been unique to a specific region or specific ingest server somewhere Chicago might have just been really really having trouble for some reason Um, and so we're back up and running Twitter was down this morning web struggling today yeah I mean there could just be server issues there could be routing issues in certain cities and stuff because of you know a lot of stuff going on a lot of people staying home Dream says, I'm not sure if you've answered this, but in regards to the raid loot, do you think systems like King's Fall Moldering Shard should be added to the current future raids? The more you run the raid, the more loot you get in later runs. Well, the Moldering Shards were interesting because you basically saved them up and then it would just automatically take them for a chance at an extra drop, right? Um, so to me... I, I don't honestly know if that was the best way. I like the way that Wrath did it more. Wrath let you get the currency, the currency you could re-roll the armor with, the currency you could make keys with, you had the extra chests. Um, I happen to feel like Wrath of the Machine did a much better job comparatively than they did with King's Fall. Um, I think King's Fall was kind of the beginning of the idea of, hey, you know what we could do? We could do an internal currency that creates a reason, you know, to grind and kind of rewards you if you play more. That seemed to be like the first iteration. I think Wrath took it, you know, a couple steps further. And honestly, I think they made it better. Uh, personally, I think Wrath was better with the internal currency um, you know, comparatively. Uh, A9 says PvP question so feel free 
uh, to skip if you don't want to answer. Do you think trials would benefit from having a separate pool of players who match with other players who go flawless? Once you go flawless, you get removed from the pool of players. Would this give a better chance who wouldn't otherwise? I get the suggestion all the time, and I just don't think you're seeing the forest for the trees. All this would do is motivate people to not go flawless until the very last day that they play. You're punishing them for going flawless. You're shrinking the player base that they play against. You're making their matchmaking take longer. You're making their experience get super duper freaking sweaty because they only play against flawless folks. So all they would do is continue to farm the bottom of the card. You're going to make an existing problem worse with this solution. Uh, I actually don't think this is a solution. I think it's the opposite of solution. I think this is a de-incentivization to go flawless. Um, And I think... Do you see how she really responds to ADS? Do you see that she didn't shoot us once? Because if I ADS on her with a heavy, she just constantly evades me. It's a way to get her to like not shoot. It seems like she like totally she like totally freaked out and didn't know what to do. Um, you never want to make because that's that's legitimately all people would do. They'd be like, well, let's just not go flawless until the very last second on Monday, and we'll just farm the cards. Let's farm cards. You know, let's just farm the bottom of the card and then we'll give you, it'll be easy pickings. You're going to make going flawless worse uh, and worse if you continue to try to micromanage those who go flawless or those who play well. Your absolute best option, I continue to think your absolute best option is to make the back half of the card super rewarding and the front half of the card remove the win requirement and, you know, if you remove the win requirement, that's good for low-skill players. You want them to stay in the funnel. You want them to keep playing. And you need to make games 4, 5, 6, and 7 ridiculously lucrative. Um, that is, that is to me, I think, the best approach to this situation. If you make it more unenjoyable to go flawless, if you continue to make far- low-card farming effective, this problem doesn't go away. You're looking at an existing fire, and you're pouring gas on it. You're like, oh, well... It's too hard for people at the bottom because, you know, all these good players are low card farming. I have an idea. If you go flawless, you only play against people who have also only gone flawless. And then all the stacks are going to be like, well, we're not going to go flawless then. Like, I don't want to limit my player pool. I don't want long matchmaking times lag and sweat all weekend long. And then they would just continue to farm the bottom of the, uh, the bottom of the card. Ecow, would you prefer mechanical pain as opposed to enemy buffs, uh, in Nightfalls instead? Um... If the Broodhold Nightfall required you to transport one worm throughout the whole strike by passing it around, like the Skolas mechanic. I mean, I always, always prefer Mechanical Pain over Delta Pain or Modifier Pain. I'm always going to lean more heavily toward that. However, you have to be careful. You could ask too much of the player. Suddenly having a Skolas burn pass you know, you know, challenge throughout an entire nightfall might be a bit too much. Like, you might really, really make people not want to do it. Um, so, I thought top players don't mind sweat. I sometimes feel like you guys just say things like that to try to get a reaction. Um, I don't know why you would think that. Why would anybody want to play Trials of Osiris with a smaller pool of players, longer matchmaking times, more lag, and then every game would be an absolute sweat fest? Um, it's been a pretty consistent criticism of skill-based matchmaking. That's why mid-lane and above-average and high-skilled players stop playing games like Warzone. It's why people don't like playing skill-based matchmaking environments. Um, because you're basically punishing them for playing well. Um, so... 
I, I don't even feel like that's. I don't even feel like you're contributing to the discussion with that comment. It just feels like a platitude to try to provoke, you know, salt or a rant. Um, Tylen, why do you think there was only Iron Banner, Iron Banner Pinnacles this season? Oh, you mean the ritual? Well, the ritual this season was actually supposed to land last season. Um, you know, because they can't pub stomp again. Just another stupid, ignorant platitude that doesn't even land on the discussion. Like anytime we talk about PvP, you have to hack through all of the ignorant, dumb weeds of like they just want to pub stomp. They, I, uh, why don't they want to sweat? Isn't competition good? Like it's just ignorant. Like that's that you're not even entering on the landscape of conversation. That's why I don't like talking about skill-based matchmaking. It's like, every time you talk about skill-based matchmaking, I have to hack through the weeds of dumb. Like, here we go again. Who's going to say it first? Who's going to say it first? Oh, they just want a pub stop. Thank you. Down in front. Thank you so much for contributing uh, and saying something ignorant and stupid. Thank you so much. They just want a pub stop. Thank you so much. Hack, 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 hack. Oh, don't they want a competition? Aren't they good players? Oh, thank you. Another another dumb comment. Hack, 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 hack. I got to hack through all the garbage to even have a conversation about it. That's why I don't like talking about it because people just deal in bumper sticker platitudes you don't actually even have a conversation you just say things that are passive swipes at high skill players because they play and they get good and therefore all they want to do is pub stomp and all they they never want to sweat they want it easy and it's just like I just am tired of that discussion it's just low hanging ignorant fruit that everyone wants to throw at the conversation Gilded Aegis Lono, I know this isn't about negative modifiers, but what are your thoughts on Chevy's recent tweet that the pyramid ships are actually removing a planet in place of a new one, as in a big change because of the pyramid ships? Um, I don't know. This gets real, real dangerous because it would have to be a complete redesign of a planet. They'd have to, like, terraform it or something. You know what I mean? You'd have to terraform it because people would say, oh, you're taking that planet away. I paid for that. I mean, they might not even be allowed to do that. They'd have to be like, oh, the pyramid ships have terraformed the EDZ and the whole planet's different, different enemy types, different public events. Everything looks different, but it's still the EDZ at its core. Does that make sense? Um... Paul Tassie tweeted a tornado knocked out power, maybe because of any- yeah, that may be why we were having the uh, the 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 server downs. Yeah, I just I don't necessarily I don't necessarily know if they can. I love the idea. Don't get me wrong, right? I love the idea. I love the idea of. I love the idea of saying, oh man, the world's going to change. The, the, the planets are going to change. We're going to get all new stuff to do. I love that idea. I just don't know if they can do it. I don't know if they'd be allowed to. Something that you paid for getting removed. Now again, that's different than it getting terraformed. Being like, yeah, the EDZ planet is totally different and new. And if somebody wants to complain about that, I, I, I can't see anybody doing that. Like, oh no, I want the old EDZ back. That's what I paid for. No, you didn't. You paid for a planet and the planet's still there. You didn't know every nook and cranny of the EDZ when you bought Destiny back in the day. You didn't know every nook and cranny of, of Mars or Mercury when you bought the DLC back in the day. They offered you a new planet and that planet's staying in the game. So, I would I would say, I would say that if they do it, that's how they'd have to do it to avoid people being like, this isn't fair. I paid for this. Now it's gone. They can't take it out. 
it would have to be supplanted replaced or terraformed so literally no one could say man this is so lame they took my they took our planet away they took our thing away i really don't think um i really don't think that that would be that would be the right approach and again we know how this community is you know people people don't even like the idea of them putting in content and taking it away when they know it's coming which is understandable i mean if you miss out on sundial i think it is kind of lame that you can't go get that stuff now i i i said that recently you know i told people yeah this waveframe grenade launcher is awesome and you know, you can't get it like i just didn't like how that felt uh, as a destiny player so uh gray if the reward for Grandmaster Nightfalls was adept weapons, do you think that people would interact with them more? Obviously, this would be a band-aid effect. I wouldn't call that a band-aid effect. I would say that that's the right thing that you want to do. That would be Grandmaster loot. Just like going flawless, there should be flawless loot. There should be, you know, adept weapons in the Trials Flawless chest. I, I, I think that's the right call. That doesn't even sound like a band-aid to me. That sounds awesome. That's how it should be. There should be a clear difference between loot when you go into the most aspirational content. I I, I, I don't think that that's a band-aid at all. That would that would sound to me like how it should be. Um, as opposed to feeling like yeah, I can run this for increase uh, increase drops or whatever. I can, you know, I can run I can run this and get more ascendant shards. Or you can run it and you can get, you know, this brand new set, this brand new thing, you know, what if there were, you know, enhanced Warmind mods that could be, you know, dropping an intrinsic, it'd be like armor of the Warmind, and it would have maybe intrinsic Warmind cell perks on it or something to free you up a little bit, and then that'd be a reason for you to run it, you know? I, I, I would, I would say that's actually a good, a good look, not a bad look. You know, with the way that with the way that most people approach content right now, um, I would say, I would say that that is an incentive that would drive folks. Remorse ninety one. Since IO is the last bunker, we've technically reestablished a network and done all the things to arm Rasputin. Uh, what are the odds we see a cutscene of him taking out the Almighty and us celebrating? This just feels like you're trying to predict what's coming and you're dressing it up as a question. That doesn't feel like a question about the content or the game. You're just like, I'm going to make a prediction. Do you think this is going to happen? That just feels like a, a, a non-question in disguise. I'm Skolas. Would the Grandmaster reward system be acceptable if the doable drops last week is what the plan for Grandmaster is? Oh, double drops. I'm sorry. Um... Yeah, I mean, Flame already made that point. He was like, yeah, 1,030 is pretty good. He got an exotic to drop, you know, 8 uh, eight out of 10 runs. Um, you know, eight out, of 10, 8 out of 10 runs, he was getting an exotic to drop. So I think you'd need to do one better. it need to be like two exotics drop. And right now, we already talked about that. If you look at the 1,000 and the 1,030, both of them say that exotics should be common. It doesn't tell you that the 1,030 is way better. He ran 1,030, he got 8 out of 10 to drop an exotic. So 1,030 has a better drop rate on exotics than the 1,000, and the UI doesn't tell you that. So there is the possibility that if you run Grandmaster Nightfalls, you know, you could get an increase, a crazy increase, or double exotics. I feel like people would run it for a double exotic drop. I would. If I could get my artifact high enough level to mitigate a lot of the damage, I don't know, dude. Two exotics every 20 minutes? That's, I. well, you know what? Now that I'm saying that, that's when I think the rubber would meet the road. 
if you can run a 1030 in you know 15 minutes 10 to 15 minutes it does tell you uncommon versus common no it doesn't Zach absolutely not no if you go right now and you click on a thousand you click on legend okay if you highlight legend it says that exotics are common if you go to a thousand thirty it says exotics are common there is literally no indication whatsoever in the menu that a thousand thirty has a better exotic drop rate it doesn't say that at all and yet it does it clearly does the drop rate for a thousand thirty is better um so they could conceivably do something like that but what i was just getting at was if you could if you could go into a thousand thirty and you could get a like a a, you know eight out of ten if he's running ten a thousand thirty nightfalls okay and he's getting um eight out of ten the question would be how long are those nightfalls taking him and how long is the Grand Master going to take him? Because then it's time. Well, I could get double. Well, does it really matter if it's taking you twice as long and it's painful and unfun? Yeah, you're getting a double drop. But if it's taking you twice as long as the 1,030, then are you even going to want to do it? If you can run a 1,030 clocking in, you know, what? You know, I don't know, 10 minutes. Are you even going to want to do it is the real question. I don't know, because you're just dividing time over drop rate at that point. And especially if the 1030 is way easier, you're like, yeah, this is way easier. It goes way faster. It's not nearly as frustrating, not nearly as painful, way less modifiers, you know, way less negative modifiers. I can 100% see people saying like, dude, I do not, I do not want to run the 1060, even with a double, even with a double drop rate, I don't want to. Because you're just going to divide it over time. Grandmaster Exodus Crash is going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, because you got to do all of them for the title, don't you? Light Leap. Do you think the problem with adding more loot as rewards instead of titles and materials is an engine limitation? A general lack of bandwidth, not enough teams dedicated to loot creation, specific bandwidth problems. I mean, that I think that's probably right in line with a lot of the theories that I've outlined. Is that they, That's why they just do, deal in modifiers. They can't go in and change the mechanics of fights. They don't have the bandwidth for that. But they can add some modifiers, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's really, really hard. So, you're it's not like they're not making the content harder they are making the content harder but they're able to do that i think a little bit easier with less bandwidth so this is right in line with that like it's easier to be like yeah just do a title than creating brand new weapons brand new perks brand new all of it you know what i'm saying so you definitely i definitely continue to get the sense that we are getting what feel like half measures because they are dealing with limited bandwidth and I think this is one of the things that we're going to continue to see because this is interim content it's, this isn't going to be super duper substantive and I think that that's totally fine I'm not going to hold them to the, their feet to the fire and say you know every three months I expect you guys to be you know putting out a raid I expect you guys to be putting out I expect you guys to be putting out uh, not just a raid I expect you to be putting out you know substantive nightfall modifiers substantive new perks and armor and everything should feel totally different than the last season uh, and I, you know I should be having a new experience every 20 minutes uh no nightfall should feel the same as the last um you know i i that's not me making excuses that's just me being a realist because the people that are having like the dlc versus seasonal you know seasonal content debate it's like i just 
I said it to a guy on YouTube last night. He's like, it's not the problem that, you know, the format's not the problem. The problem is the DLCs were bad. And I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. House of Wolves, House of Wolves, and then uh, Dark Dark Below, House of Wolves, Warmind, Osiris. Oh, Trick Sleeves. Come on, man. I just want a worm husk. We they have a they have a track record of mediocre DLCs. That's their track record right now. And so you're like, you are still gonna argue that the DLC format is good. Their track record is that when they do the DLC format, when they do Dark Below, when they do House of Wolves, when they do Warmind, when they do Osiris, you end up with content that is mediocre and not good and then you have droughts so you 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 still disengage with the game but you disengage with the game for longer periods of time right right now you disengage you disengage with the game and you you do it in for you know shorter spurts so i don't know how anybody has confidence in like no we need to go back to the dlc format really when did they pull that off when did they do it dark below no house of wolves no osiris no warmine eh, maybe warmine was drenched in quality of life updates that makes everybody think that like warmine was amazing curse of osiris and warmine in the current sandbox with random roles would have been better received imagine heroic mercury adventures they would be better received lightly, but you still would have been in the same scenario. We would have burned at the level you could play and grind for those weapons, even if random rolls would have made it a little bit better. You still, you still would have grinded through and then been like, yep, giant drought, giant drought between now and the next one. And are you going to argue that random rolls would have suddenly made Osiris more substantive than the seasons that we're getting now? No, it was virtually the same amount of content. I've said this so many times. If I can make a pizza of a certain size and I slice it in eight pieces or 12 pieces, it doesn't matter. It's the same size pizza. You're getting the same amount of content. This is how much they can create. What do we have now? A public event and bunkers? What did you get in that? What did you get in there? What did you get? You got, what, two? Two strikes? And a super what come on, dude. Look at look at Osiris! Mercury is just one big giant public event. Yeah, we got the Infinite Forest, and they've repurposed the Infinite Forest a whole lot, but like, I don't know, dude. They also had more bandwidth back then, so it's not even a fair comparison. Like, even if you can argue, oh yeah, w- Osiris was more substantive. Okay, spread Osiris out over six months. Is it more substantive? Nope, it's not. Osiris had original stuff too, that counts? Sure, spread it out over six months. Do it. Do it. Because you got three in front and three on the back. You gotta wait three months to get it, and then you gotta and then you gotta have three months in between it and the next DLC. Didn't we get a raid? Yeah, you got the uh you got a raid layer. It brought a raid layer, that is true. But I'm telling you, the DLC format would not result in more content, even if they made it more substantive. Their track record, even when they tried to do the DLC, even when they tried to do the DLC format, was really, really low, thin substance. That they 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 actually tried to elongate Osiris with time gating the weapons. You could you had to come back each week to even try to get the weapons. And so you would burn through it and then be like, yeah, now we have to wait literally two months before we get anything. 
I, I don't know, man. I, I, I Again, I just think people are living in a dream world. We have clearly deduced how much content Destiny can give us, rough, a Bungie can give us roughly every couple of months, and whether you go with a DLC format or whether you don't, you're going to constantly deal with the same problem. Hardcores are going to do the same thing back then that they did doing Taken King, they did the same thing during Rise of Iron, they did the same thing during every DLC, and they're doing the same thing now. You play a bunch, you get bored, and you say that the content sucks. Like, We've been doing this for five years. That's why you cannot, like, the con- to conclude it's an indictment of the content. Well, then you stopped playing back then and got bored. So I guess that was an indictment of that content structure, too. Like, you got bored and you ran out of stuff to do during, you know, Taken King, one of literally the most celebrated times in Destiny's history. So was that an indictment of, of, of Taken King? Like you can't use I'm out of stuff to do and I'm bored as an indictment of the content structure. Seasonal content is logistically structured around how players play. DLC is not structured around how players play. It is therefore inferior and will never go back. It's a waste of breath and energy to try to take us back. They're not going to go back to that. They made it very clear that content droughts are not what they want and that's what DLC format brings by default. It brings content droughts. Because you're literally bringing a big giant chunk and then waiting longer periods of time for another big giant chunk, which we could even argue most of those DLCs were not big giant chunks. They were small chunks with a lot of time gates. I love your movies. Do you think Grandmaster uh, is an attempt to see if higher difficulties can also be infused into other PvE activities that call for more challenge from the 1%? I mean, maybe. This is pure speculation, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of glide over really highly speculative questions anymore where they're like, do you think Bungie might be doing this? It's like, I, yeah, maybe is what I'm going to say to a lot of those questions. Do you feel a challenge card is something worth a comeback, meaning manual modifiers you can apply to the Nightfall? I don't know. I liked it, but it was, I mean, this is what I liked. I liked the idea that I could go into a nightfall, play it slow, and get a high score, and then switch the card to speedrun mode, and then just run the nightfall over and over and over and over and over again really, really fast for the drops. I liked that. I thought that was a really, really good combination. The nightfall feels completely different, and you're doing, you have two different strategies, I liked it. I thought that was a really, really good blend. Go slow, design a high score card, right? Design a high score card, and then you design you design a speedrun card. I don't know. Search Lono's YouTube channel. He said this four years ago in a video called "Stop Playing Destiny" or something close to that. Yeah, it was this this uh, this November. That video will be five years old. People said the same thing after Taken King. They got a month out from Taken King and they were like, "I'm bored. There's nothing to do." And that was literally the most, the single most substantive DLC they added to Destiny One. And people got a month out and they were like, "I'm bored. There's nothing to do." And I was like, "I guess take a break then." I guess take a break then because like what are you going to do they they can't make enough content for like taking king was not enough to keep people playing it wasn't oh what the frick that didn't pop his shield disagree even taking king wasn't enough man taking king (laughs) new subclasses a huge raid new strikes the dreadnought like even that was not enough it wasn't enough Drifter's better than the season. Oh, what? 
no, no. I, I get that. Yeah, I mean, you said in your opinion, so you're, you know, you're, you enjoyed Drifter more than this season. Okay, wow. No, I don't agree with that. I see that way differently. Um, we actually have PVE stuff to do and PVE stuff to grind for intentionality for the PVE weapons, and we got trials as flawed as it is. Well, at least we got trials. Freaking reckoning and gambit. Ooh, oof, oof. Okay. Is there any solution to sending back defensive playstyle that's not mechanically heavy? Low player health and high enemy health dictates the strategy in any FPS. Well, that's why I said if we're strong and they're strong. I just think people really misunderstand the idea that well, I'm like six six modifiers for them and six modifiers for us. What does that bring? It brings risk reward. Like everyone, every, they took my everybody that you know fought fought against me after my video today. They took my long argued out nuanced video and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna make it easier." No, that's not what I said. Th- that's not what I said at all. If they're strong and we're strong, that's risk reward. I could play quick for efficiency, push forward and try and grab the you know modifier things on the ground that make me stronger and make me give me more power. But that's risk, man. I might I might die. I didn't say make us strong. End of this, end of equation. I said they're strong and so are we. Creating this idea that there's risk reward. I could push forward and really, really, really push efficiency. Get a lot of strength. Get a lot of power. Like when we were doing the time trials for the nightmare hunts. We were grinding. We were purely going on time. Like we got to go for speed, 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 speed. And guess what? Our fail rate kind of went up sometimes. Our fail rate kind of went up. It was like okay. Yeah, we're that was a mistake. Yep, you died and we didn't have you, so that slowed us down. I did not say make us so strong that we can blitz through it. It's like, no, you create a risk reward environment where if I want to load myself out with an arc build that's highly aggressive as opposed to a Titan bubble build that's more passive and defensive, guess what? I may beat the strike faster and then that's exciting and that's good and I'm rewarded for that. I may get punished because I make a mistake, die and it slows the team down and a Titan bubble would have made it up the difference, right? You, you, If you go into 12 negative modifier content right now you are literally going to just run it passive. The, the entire content is designed around sitting back. You can do that already. Yeah, but no one's going to do that because there's no reason to do that. There are no modifiers that dictate that flame. That's my entire argument. Make modifiers that establish risk reward. Sure, right now you can go crazy build high, you know, high war mind cell build, but the modifiers have nothing to do with that. I'm saying rooted in the modifiers so the content's more appealing and more risk reward laden. Right now it's not risk reward laden. You can choose to try to to try to like enforce your will on the content like no, I'm going to go risk reward late and I'm going to go in a thousand thirty level content and I'm going to run war mind cell you know high damage build I'm going to see how this goes well that's not the that's not the modifiers dictating that that's just you trying it out I'm saying it should come from the content itself that's good thematic differences between the content that's good thematic differences season to season right one season they do this the next season they do something else and then that dictates how you play as opposed to it's all punishing, it's all punishing yeah, if you want to run a high risk reward build you can, but generally speaking the content's really encouraging you to sit back and hide how war mind cells not a positive modifier, cause I have to build my entire set around it, flame 
I have to change my entire loadout just to bring the modifier. If the modifier is already there, and then I build around a pre-existing modifier, that's different. You could create intrinsic balance, intrinsic risk-reward. You literally have to do it on your own. The content's not doing it. How do you not see the difference between that? That's like saying, like, I could run a build right now and really make my primary really, really strong if I get this particular version with Vorpal and stand in an empowering rift and, um, and get a Warmind cell next to them to make them weaker, right? That could make primaries really strong. Or Bungie could just bring back small arms. So you could have a really strong build around around a primary that has Vorpal and you could really really stack up and really make your primary strong because they they make they, they bring back small arms. There's a giant difference between me deciding like, oh I'm gonna run a, I'm gonna run a Warmind Cell build and I'm gonna see how this goes. No, that's me enforcing my will on the content and seeing how it goes. That is not the same as saying, oh man, these modifiers are making me play differently. I'm going to... Right now, the modifiers don't tell you to do that. You come up with it on your own. I've continued to say that I think modifiers should make us think differently about really, really strong builds. And right now, Warmind Cells make you think about really, really strong builds, but that's not stemming from the modifiers themselves. That's just stemming from you. Which makes it easier instead of you having build intentionality... I don't understand if you're pushing back on me or the, the the existing system. So, I continue to say, and nobody's arguing with what I'm saying, you can bring up more mind cells all you want. That's not a refutation of my position. My position is that the, the modifiers should be positive and negative, and the positive modifiers should empower me to try out different builds that are that are buffed by the modifiers. So it's the, the 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 motto is they are strong and so are we. Instead, right now it's they are strong, sit back and hide. But you could run a war mind cell build. But why would I do that? Nothing in the content's telling me to do that. There's not a single modifier that's telling me to do that. There's nothing in the game other than the fact that they're there. But the modifiers still continue to dictate that like you're a weak pile of garbage sit back and hide every modifier is negative i don't know how you can look at that and think that like that's not that's not forcing players to think way more passively about playing the modifiers themselves are motivating passivity you can on your own decide not to play that way but the modifiers generally don't 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 motivate that you are coming up with that on your own that's my point risk reward like grounded and airborne right like a mixture like a give and take you're almost like you're almost min maxing around the modifiers themselves as opposed to as opposed to just being like well everything's really strong and brutal so just yeah let's just run all of these you know passive builds yeah like warmind cell explosions cause more damage or warmind suppression fields last longer or you know warmind reach uh is is longer so you're like oh okay well they're giving me some love on warmind cells i'm gonna try that out how many people aren't even messing with warmind cells because the game's literally doing nothing to, to 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 like push people towards it like Flame, you're an educated player. You know what's going on. You can come up with a really crazy, a really crazy great build around Warmind cells. Why not have the game shove them in that direction? That's their fault. What do you mean the game doesn't even put it in front of your face? 
We had to go and research it. We had to go into collections. If Bungie had modifiers on the Nightfall that said that, you'd be like, wait a minute, I can make, oh, Warmind cells are stronger in here. Let me, let me go in and like create a build around the modifiers. You should be advocating for that then, not the concept of positive modifiers. That is a positive modifier. A modifier that says your Warmind cells are stronger. That's a positive modifier. You know? Oh, uh, a modifier that says, um, hand cannons with unstoppable are stronger for some reason. You're just buffing all hand cannons with unstoppable. So you run that instead of something else for unstoppable. All of a sudden, uh, sidearms with overload are stronger. I don't know why. They just are. So you're like, oh, I'll try out a sidearm with overload. Positive modifier that makes you change your build. You feel stronger accordingly. I'm strong and so are they. Again, that wouldn't make the content a breeze. It would motivate loot build diversity instead of flattening out loot build diversity, which is what negative modifiers tend to do. Skilla Killa with the next question. I take a drink of water. <clears throat> I really like the build that Warmind Cells and Charge with Light bring to the game. Is that uh, it's what makes the season enjoyable for me? Do you think they can keep adding mods like this, or will it be too bloated? I don't think they. I don't think they. Um, it's not a question of can they. It's a question of they need to. With the way they've done the mod slots, is that a champion right off the rip? I don't think it is. With the way they've done the. Um, with the way they've done the mod slots and how. So right now, if you grind for Season of the Worthy Armor, it can run the season mods from last season and the next season. I think because they're doing that, they're going to have to always add really dope seasonal mods because they're going to want you to shuffle forward. You're going to get to the end of season of uh, the, uh, the summer season, and you're going to naturally think, if I want to get ready for next season, if I want to be able to run next season's mods like right away... I'm going to need to grind for summer season armor because all of my all of my worthy armor is not going to be able to use that stuff. So you're going to naturally shuffle forward. And I think that is actually a really, really good system. I said for a long time, like Bungie's really going to have to straddle this fence of how can you respect my current build, my loadout and stuff that I grinded for? Like right now, I have a great loadout for trials on my hunter. I was grinding, you know, I got good stat rolls. I got good stat, you know, uh, distribution and I got some nice rolls. How are you going to motivate me to go forward without being like, oh yeah, by the way, all your armor sucks now, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to be like, oh yeah, Lono, your trials armor for your hunter. Yeah, it all sucks now. Well, that's not good. You just disrespected my grind. How do you respect my grind while also motivating me to chase, you know, the new stuff? I think that's exactly what they're trying to do with the shuffle forward system that's in place. Right? There's this there's this shuffle forward system of you're always sort of feeling near the end of a season. Like right now, if you're wearing a bunch of Season of Dawn armor, so if you go into your armor and you highlight this, I'm I'm, I'm running really old armor actually. Um, that's really old. That's new. And then this is Season of Dawn. So like right now, as I get near the end of this season, I'm going to want to slowly replace my armor with Season of the Worthy Armor. Why? So if there's really, really dope mods next season, I can experiment with them right away. I already have the mod. I already have the mod slot available, right? I already have it. I'd, listen, I did that last season, didn't I? 
last season, I went with all, whenever we were turning all that stuff during the uh, Empyrean Restoration, I got all these boots and stuff. You know, here's a 56 pair of arc boots. You know, I, I was constantly looking for good stat rolls on those, on those um, pieces of armor so that if I had to build around any of the new seasonal mods, I was ready to do it. Instead of wearing a bunch of Season of, uh, season of Undying stuff, that would have that screwed me, right? I, I wouldn't have been able to try any of the new stuff. I would have been stuck. And I think that's, that's really, I think, one of the brilliant things they brought to the armor grind. And so, th- th- but that also creates an impetus. They got to make the new seasonal mods have to be pretty dope, or you ain't going to give a crap. You're going to be like, what? The new, st- if the new mods that, ne- you know, in the summer suck, you're not going to care. You're not even going to try it. You're going to be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't, I don't need any of that stuff. The, the Warmind cells are working to an extent. I don't think they did a good job educating us about them. And and as as I was pushing back on what Flame was saying a little bit ago, I think a really easy way to motivate us to use them would have been to put those modifiers in Legendary Lost Sectors. Put them in the Nightfalls. Like, hey, Warmind cells are stronger this week if you do blah. Warmind cells reach farther this week if you do blah. And then you're like, oh my gosh, what are Warmind cells? And then you start trying to experiment with it. That's called that's called tethering the, the the player to the present. Instead of just, one of the problems with a game like this is, you'll just keep running the same build over and over and over and over again. This is why sunsetting, I think, is a, is a worthy pruning, a painful pruning, but a worthy pruning, because you create this like, ooh, that kind of hurt, all my stuff's gone now. And then you create that feeling of, well, I better chase the new stuff. Gee, many Christmas, I can't get this freaking wizard. Um, there. You create this pain of like, oh, my lo- my whole loadout just got just got kind of thrown into upheaval, and then they start then they start trying it out. That's why I think they should have done something with positive modifiers centered around the war mine cells. And then guess what? Things feel fresh next season. Why? Summer mods drop, and guess what? The nightfalls suddenly have positive modifiers wrapped right around with a bow around those new seasonal mods. Well, I better start experimenting with these new seasonal summer mods. Why? Well, because the end game content will be a little bit easier, more manageable if I do it. <laughs> Shoving people forward, like try out the new stuff, change your armor, try some new builds, experiment with these new mods. Why? Because there's positive modifiers in the aspirational content that's shoving you in that direction. Instead of being like, yeah, it's gonna suck. Uh, yeah, they're gonna throw more grenades. They're gonna resist your chit. You're gonna resist your elements. Uh, match games on. Uh, there's gonna be a power delta. Uh, extinguishes on. Uh, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna send postcards that insult your family if you fail. Uh, yeah, we're just we're gonna make it really really unenjoyable. Uh, you know, good luck. I think that's the biggest problem. Is is like you're not even attempting to weave it together. I think it should be woven together. If Warmind Cells was woven into the, mo- the modifiers, I think more and more people would have experimented with it. And potentially, potentially, they wouldn't have written the season off. So many people wrote off the season. They were like, oh man, this season sucks. These loot loot sucks, right? They're like, I don't, I don't want to do any. I don't want to do any of this stuff. Did the worm explode? Uh, you know, I don't want to do any of this, and or or the guns suck, or who cares about war mine cells, right? Like everybody's kind of oh, but I thought the thing exploded. I thought the I thought the worm exploded. I thought we were done. Oh well. Uh, I'm gonna move on to the next question. I've ranted about that enough. Rooks, 
I've seen a lot of talk today about PC players jumping back uh, to console when they hit at least 60 FPS on the on the new consoles, either with an update to D2 or, or eventually D3, due to cheating on PC. Have you put any thought into this yourself, and is cheating worse now because Bungie's no longer using Activision's anti-cheat software? That was never a thing, by the way. You're creating something that isn't true. There was no anti-cheat software from Activision. Blizzard was a launcher, and Blizzard helped with ban enforcement. There was no anti-cheat software that you had to install or run when you played through the uh, through the Blizzard launcher. So you're you're saying something that is isn't true. No, yeah, we have to wipe. Um, the 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 nature of anti-cheat right now is problematic because it's a free-to-play game and they're not partnering they didn't partner with steam in any respect it seems there's like zero partnering with steam so if if they were to partner with them to sync up on vac bands to enforce vac bands to enforce ip hardware bands i think that would help but i also think they're gonna have to take a more aggressive approach to if you detect people that are cheating or you detect people that might be cheating uh probationary periods uh making them only match suspicious cheaters you know to kind of keep them busy for a while would be one of the suggestions that i would have uh, as opposed to letting people know like they've been found out so then they just create a new account and then after they create that new account they they're able to continue playing uh, and then they just jump right back in I, I think they need more creative approaches they also need something that is just blatantly on the front line something that is just right in your face making it so clear that cheating is not going to be easy you know they're going to make it really really hard on you uh, to just continue cheating I, th- there was a guy that left a comment on my YouTube video. It blew my freaking mind. He was like, the, the the argument that like cheaters outsmart developers is a myth. I'm like, really? That's a myth? So like anti-cheat needing to update itself all the time because the cheaters come up with new bots and aim bots? You, you, that, that's a myth. That's never happened before except always since the beginning of time since cheats became like a thing. Like, did you ever play Quake 3? Like, this has always been a thing. Like, they have to update the cheat software. The cheat software... Um, it becomes the cheat software becomes outdated and ineffective, you know. So that that's a that's a constant that's a constant um, strain on the efficiency of the anti cheat. And right now, the the stuff that people are using was developed in like March, like it's super old. Somebody the other day came in here and said they looked up the most common cheat being used, and they're like. Yeah, it's it's from it's from March. It's actually pretty old. Uh, like I was like, wait, what? Like, come on. That how are you, how have you not put a stop to this? Uh, in the vid doc, Bungie indicates that what's happening this season and last is building towards season eleven, which will be like no other time in Destiny. Based on what's happened this season and the last, what do you think this might be? Personally, I think it has more to do with the story beat than any kind of activity that will play in Destiny. I don't know, dude. I mean, I, people keep asking me to theorize about this. Is it the pyramid shifts? Is it something else? Is it is it is it an Age of Triumph style thing? I have I have zero clue, man. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I don't think the pyramid ships are coming in anytime soon. Um, I also don't think that. Uh, I also don't think that they're going to be doing anything with Savathun anytime soon. I think pyramid ships and. Uh, I think Pyramid Ships and Savathun are going to continue to be major, major story beats for expansions and not uh, not little seasonal content beats. I just, I don't think that's the structure. I think the pattern's kind of set um, 
for them to say, you know, this stuff is is just to kind of get us by. Now, when they say it'll be like no other time in Destiny in the summer, I mean, maybe maybe the summer is when they really, really start to, st- you know, pull the trigger on repurposing content. So suddenly, every piece of content's relevant somehow, and we're running all kind of stuff, like an Age of Triumph-style thing. Um, again, I just don't know. I really, really don't know if if that's the if that's the if that's the goal this summer, um, or if they're going to try and wow us with story. I really don't know. Um, Palms two three four one. Do you think that they should add more warm mind cell like mods mechanics each season? Yes, that's kind of an easy question to answer. That we've we've talked about that enough today. Like how each season they're going to do better stuff. Do you think it's likely we'll see GG's bounties also able to be done in Crucible? Uh, the way that oh Guardian Games, all oh, the way that Crimson Days. Yeah, I would think so. I wouldn't think that they're going to be... Well, although, I don't know, because a lot of it said uh, the Triumphs are centered around going into the Verdant Forest. So I don't know. The bounties, sure. They seem to be becoming more lenient with the bounties. Like, do this in PvE or do this in PvP. Uh, Fireshot. Do you think that the Forsaken and Shadowkeep Nightfall ordeal strike should be available for everyone and not just the people who bought Forsaken or Shadowkeep? I don't give a frig about that. Uh, why is timed payload uh, so much more sought after than its counterpart explosive rounds I don't know if it's that much more sought after I'm just suddenly realizing that it's actually it's actually pretty strong it actually feels really really nice right now um, it's really really good at you know especially on this 180 you're just you're just really stunning the crap out of trash ads um, it's felt really really good today in these thousand level nightfalls uh, it's felt nice. I feel like I'm able to destabilize the enemies, uh, you know, pretty efficiently. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. People are like, "Oh, it's a 180. It's gonna suck." And I'm like, "I don't know, man. It feels pretty. Uh, it feels pretty strong." And uh, you would, you would think that you would think that they would want to continue to do that. You know, it flinches twice. Yeah, the double flinch is pretty nice. Um, so. I would chase after it. I would give it a whirl. Skyrim Mage. Oh, I've probably missed so many. Yep, I've missed so many subs because we were offline and then I tried to jump back into Q&A. Black Strike with three months. Um, man, we are struggling right now, man. I'm really trying to cruise and do q and I'm going to take a break after this. I'm, I'm getting tired of having to res and get res. I need to be able to kind of fall back and chill. That was what we were going for and it just we're having some trouble now. Uh, I'm just getting stressed. Salty Oreo with two months. Thank you. 19 months from X-Man of Steel. Thank you. 30 months from Killer Nick Joe. Molite with 14 months. 11 months for Killer Cam Cam. Whoop for 15 months. Thank you. I'm having to pay way too much attention all of a sudden. That just doesn't work for Q&A. I appreciate the help. I, we're just, we're really not synced up all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. Uh, do you think Grandmaster Nightfalls will encourage more passive play than Master Nightfalls? Uh... I just, I'm going to the next question. That's obvious and stuff that we said all day. Agent Atwood. Although this isn't about negative modifiers, do you think that factions could make a comeback? Yeah, maybe, because we've said we want them to come back. We talked about that the other day. Um, do you think what Bungie is reluctant to put more positive modifiers in fear of required weapons being a thing again? Well, just because you do a positive modifier doesn't mean you got to tell me what weapons to use. You're already doing that with the champion mods anyway. I don't I don't know. I, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't buy that as the reason. 
How distinct uh, bad punishing negative modifiers from those that genuinely add a greater challenge? Uh, it's just too generic. Uh, it's too delicious. How would you feel about the Grandmaster allowed up to six people like a mini raid? That's not what they're going to do, so there's no use talking about it. Skill Akilla. Instead of adding more menagerie-style activities, do you think the idea of adding a Prison of Elders-type activity that scales your rewards dependent on your score, similar to Revel- Revelry last year? I think that they've just continued to avoid this because it creates this idea that if you get matched with people that suck, you get really salty. Like they're like if they do match made content for the seasonal, you know, the seasonal stuff, then it really doesn't work with gotta be awesome. You know what I'm saying? I like where your head's at. I would love that. I would love for something that feels truly like a horde mode. A truly horde mode st- just go the distance and get better rewards. I love that idea, but I also think that if they make it match made, you're going to have super salty, super salty people, you know, feeling like, man, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't get a high score. This sucks. Thanks so much for ruining it for me. Um, I would, I would grow concerned about that kind of being, uh, the result is that people would, people would not want to run it match made. The people that do run it match made would feel like it sucks. And then you'd be like, well now, and then somebody might push back and be like, but Lono, that's how it should be. You should get better rewards. If you team up with somebody, you get faster rewards in Sundial and Menagerie. If you teamed up with people and ran it quickly, I'm not going to disagree with that. Come on, give me a worm husk. I'm so tired of running this. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that. Oh, lucky Raspberry, dude, this game is so, so trollish. Oh, chat. Um, I, I, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that. That, like, oh, if you, you know, if you want to run, you know, if you want to run the end game content more efficiently, um, you know, you get better stuff, you get more stuff. I would just be that would just be my primary concern. I would be very very concerned with people feeling like, you know, the content just sucks if they don't run with folks because they're not getting high scores and it gets kind of salty. I I don't know. If you gave people the option to stay in and keep building, okay. So think of it like this. Um, I really appreciate the ho- the help movie isn't Patty, but I'm just getting distracted and we're close to the end. So I'm just going to take a bit of a break. I do appreciate the help though. We got a lot of exotics. I just, I still didn't get the, uh, the worm husk. Uh, it's just getting distracting. I feel like I'm having to pay attention too much. And that w- warden of nothing was more brainless. That, that, that strikes got mechanics and stuff. And I'm, I was trying to help cause I feel bad getting drugged through. I don't feel like that's fair to you guys. And it's just, it's making Q and a get, uh, take too long. So I do appreciate the help though. Um, Let's take the menagerie principle. What if it wasn't failable? And as long as you stayed in, it kept bringing people in and it was your choice. I want to stay in. I want to keep going, right? And you just keep stacking the score, stacking the score. And then eventually you cash out and that dictates your rewards. And then that would bring that idea of if you go in with a, a pre-built team, you're going to be more efficient. You're going to get to the higher scores faster. If you match make, it's going to take you longer, but you still have the choice to just stay in here and keep racking up a score, right? That's what I would think. That I, I would say that would be a good way of doing it. This would bring your idea. I like the idea of playing longer and getting better rewards. But you got to be real careful if it's the seasonal content and it's matchmake, it would turn salty quickly. If you get matched with some dumb dumb or some AFK player or some like a person that just wants to sit back or they keep dying and they're killing your score, that'd be kind of frustrating. Ecow. 
What do you think of Masterwork Exotics uh, dropping for Grandmaster? I max shards and prisms, but I can only Masterwork four exotics per character. You know, I don't dislike this because it is pretty hard to Masterwork Exotics. I like this. This is a good suggestion. I think you double the drops and they drop Masterwork. I think that's pretty good. If I mean, if there's a time to just pull the lever on really rewarding stuff, I think it's a 1060 Nightfall <laughs> with 12 negative modifiers. Um, do you think Bungie can pull off the seasonal model and still add a campaign to the game in future seasons if given enough time? I mean, I hope so. I like I like story continuing. That's kind of their goal. D flawless. Sorry if this was covered. Do you feel like negative mods are a way for Bungie to throttle top tier players like Glad? Do you think that they're worried about player blasting through content that they add positive mods? Well, I said this earlier when someone's like, oh, if, what if only 98% of the, what if 98% of the community never touches the Grandmaster? And I was like, well, let's be clear here. Grandmaster isn't for everybody. It is for the top 10%, right? My, like, my question is, is it for the top 2% or the top 10%? I'm in the top 10%. I ain't in the top 2%. I don't want to run teeth punching, awful, challenging, taking forever content. I just don't want to. Now, so the question is, is it for Glad or is it for Lono and Glad? That's the question. He and I are both in the top 10, but he's in the top two. I ain't in the top 2%. It ain't me. I don't want to run that. I don't want to do that. So I don't know if they've specified, is this for the absolute smallest slice of the community? And that's why it's so insane. Is it supposed to almost be like, yeah, master's the most. Master's for the top 10%, you know? Project Theory. Should armor that can't run seasonal mods become ornaments so you could look the way you want even if the new armor to move forward? This could really clutter up the ornaments. Here's the thing I think they need to do though. I should be able to say, here are the 10 ornaments I want unlocked. So Bungie doesn't have to worry about there being like 30 ornaments in the menu because it causes all kinds of problems. You should be able to go into collections and say, these are the ornaments I want to have unlocked. And to your point, if something becomes super outdated, you should be able to go into the collections and say, I would like that to be one of my unlocked ornaments. There are ornaments I'm never going to wear. I'm just never going to wear them. And I should be able to just disable those to free up a slot. Like, if I could go in here to my Hunter chess piece and say, you know what? Um, I'm just never going to wear this one. I think it's ugly. Like, you know? And you're like, oh, I love that one, Lono. Oh my gosh. Or this one. I can't stand ornaments where the paint is chipped and nasty looking. So, I should be able to disable the Scarin Corvus Vest uh, ornament and open up that slot. And then you'd go to, like, your collections and you'd say... Well, here's an ornament that I like. I, you know, this is from a past season, and I like this. And you know that 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 armor is kind of outdated now. And you unlock it as an ornament. You got to be careful. You don't want to undercut grind. I don't want somebody to run a raid one time and then be like, "Yeah, I got all the raid armor. I have all the ornaments. I can look like I ran a raid with all my god tier, all my god tier stats that I grinded for last season." You know what I'm saying? Vortanamo Bay. Do you think that part of the problem that cost a masterwork? Do you think that they should be able to fully masterwork one full set every season with normal gameplay, or maybe even three sets? I, I think you're overstating it. It's not that hard to play and get currency. If you're interested in min-maxing, you're grinding the content that requires min-maxing. The content that requires min-maxing is rewarding you with pretty good shard turnover. A thousand nightfalls. I mean, come on, run the thousand level nightfalls. They're easy, and then get the and get the prisms, and then add up the prisms, and then buy the shards. Like it's not. It really is not that difficult. Um, it's, and it's not meant for casuals. It's okay that it's inaccessible to casuals. It's a capstone, hardcore, end game grind. That's how it should be. 
I argue for accessibility. I argue for casuals all the time, but you're never going to see me argue that like fully masterworking your armor set and min-maxing should be accessible to everybody. That's that's an end-game, long-term capstone grind. Here's how to get free, uh, ascendant shards in under ten minutes, casuals. I want free math. Well, I mean, I don't think the collection grind should be the way that people are doing it. Um, do you think Well of Radiance will make it into the next game? I know Bungie has said that they wanted to make content first that isn't balanced around well. However, isn't the power delta and negative modifiers just there to mess with our survivability? Endgame content is harder without a warlock. In D1, we had no healing abilities, but needed a kill while well, we had the, the bubble. I mean, we've talked about this in past Q&As, and I, I get a lot of flack for it, but Well of Radiance just shouldn't exist. Neither should have self-res. It, I, I don't know. Somebody's somebody is is they're like their dad is in charge. And you're like, please, dad, make the warlocks get self-res. He's like, okay, and give him a well of radiance. Well, what should it have? Um, it should make you invincible and give you a power buff. What the frick? No, like the, the neat, w- self-res should never have been in the game, and well of radiance should never have been in the game. They just shouldn't be in the game. Um, they are completely. There, it's it's not even it's not even comparable. It's not even comparable to other to other um, supers in the game. It's ludicrous. It really is. And listen, riffs prove my point here. Okay, if you want to make content that's really hard and you want to you want to lean back on some healing abilities, spec yourself to be able to make riffs constantly and run healing rift. You don't need a well of radiance. You don't. It's it's so dumb. They make content that really encourages survivability. Titan bubble should have never come back to the game. It just shouldn't have. I just I don't think so. I think the their their, their evolution of Titan bubble was smart, and then they brought it back anyway because it was like well well of radiance. I, I don't know. It just those supers are. It makes us. Fe- it makes me feel like we're still in the reckoning debacle, right? Like we're we're in this reckoning debacle where because of well and because of bubble, they keep making insanely punishing content. Because then you're like, well, you got to run well. Endgame activities, Rift don't outheal enemies. Well, but they could balance that, J Stock. If well of radiance wasn't in the game, then the enemies, then then a healing rift could be able to mitigate that because then you could lean on it as a, as a healing class you see what i'm saying and that's perfect give and take do you want an empowering rift for oh yeah let's play aggressive risk reward or oh, let's play this a little bit slower that is exactly what risk reward should look like empowering or healing and then well of radiance just steps into the, the battlefield and is like <laughs> i'll give you both and so they make everything uber like uber punishing because then you lean on those survivability you know supers I can have a rift up infinitely and you have to exotic around that though Eugene and I think that again is a you are building for that particular benefit and I think that that's okay you no one's making you do that like T-Funk do you think that we have too much power now does the war mind cells lead to power creep I don't think so because you have to spec for it and you sacrifice I think a lot in order to do that you know blue lungs if mods keep getting more powerful will we have mod power creep i mean this is related to the last question i really don't think so man war mine cells are strong but like war mine cells really require you to spec in order to use them the recluse didn't really require you to do anything power creep is so much easier to happen on a weapon because you're like yeah just throw the weapon on it's kind of strong everywhere you know 
Hey, right? It's just every, everywhere. Yeah, he just recluses awesome everywhere. If you have to spec for Warmind cells, you're specking away from something else. And then, and keep in mind, this is why I said it'd be great if Nightfalls had modifiers that were built around Warmind cells and then next season do the same thing. Whatever the summer seasonal mod is, we'll call the summer seasonal mod, um, I don't know, Boomsticks. And so boomsticks are dropping in the game and you can pick them up and you randomly can do something with them. Well, then you'd put boomstick modifiers on nightfalls. So you're like, well, don't you see how that prevents the power creep of mods? Man, Warmind cells are amazing this season and there's nightfall mods that make them even stronger. This is awesome. Next season, all the nightfall mods drift away from Warmind cells and they they lean toward the summer mods. So you would naturally feel like, yeah, Warmind cells are still cool and all, but in endgame content, I'm going to go over here to these mods because they are getting buffed by the, by the modifiers. I'm telling you, there there's something there that they need to tap into. That's one more soft push forward to try out new builds, new things, new armor, and you don't feel like they're disrespecting your Warmind cells because your Warmind cells are still awesome. You can still run those Warmind cell builds. They're just not getting buffed by the modifiers. Ruben. Do you think that we should be able to break down upgrade materials such as breaking down Ascendant Prisms into Ascendant Shards? I don't think that's needed. No. Agent Atwood. Although this isn't about negative modifiers, do you think the factions could make a comeback? It's already happened. Um, you are, somebody already asked this question. I said this yesterday. I think they brought back faction armor and guns to see what our response would be. People were like, oh, we really like this. Nobody's asking for faction rally to return. Almost everybody's saying the faction vendors should be a, a factor here. I think that they have enough information to say, you know what, we can do something with the faction vendor season to season. I think they can. I think if they bring back weapons in the future, they could do Beer Pie's idea where you turn your primes into Dead Orbit and then that's a chance for whatever Dead Orbit's dropping that season or weapon frames or bounties or something. I'm sick of bounties, I'm sick of weapon frames. Well, I mean, if you could grind for a dire promise, I don't think you'd be saying that. I really don't. If you could target farm and grind for a dire promise, I really don't think that you'd be saying that. So... That is way more questions than I typically do. That's a lot. It, well, and it, it, it kind of drug on because we had some disconnect issues. So if you're listening to this in the other locations, hopefully I figured out a solution. I'm probably going to have to download these episodes and render them in, in, a, in a video uh, editing software. So I'm going to keep on streaming. We're going to keep on hanging out. Don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. If you're here live and enjoy the show, always remember to click follow and turn on notifications. And as always, those that listen and watch elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Subscribe.